Welcome to Exploring the Industry, where we find out what God's doing in the entertainment world. I get to interview Christians from various entertainment industries. They share their stories of faith and transformation with you and I. I'm hosting people from many different backgrounds to share what God is doing and where he's shown up most in their lives and their careers through their highs and lows. We're believing to influence the narrative of how Christians perceive what God's doing in the entertainment industry around the world. If a picture is worth a thousand words, their story is worth a thousand sermons. Come join the conversation and welcome to the show. Jay Owenhouse has been a magician illusionist for almost all of his life, leading one of the most successful tours through America and Asia. He is also greatly known for his advocacy for using tigers and helping through his tiger sanctuary in Bozeman, Montana. He is the first person bringing tigers back to the Las Vegas Strip later this year and is putting on one of the most incredible daily shows where his family shares their deep journey while performing and entertaining crowds that flock to this mastermind of illusion. Today on Exploring Industry, we're going to find out his story behind the magic. I want to ask Jay about how one of the most viewed TV series of the year, Tiger King, has affected people's perceptions of those working with exotic animals. And we want to hear how God can use the entertainment industry of illusions for his purpose. Our conversation starts now. Everyone needs someone to process their prophetic journey with them. And we have created a new online mentoring platform where you can grow at your own pace, where we help you to develop your own spiritual journey of hearing God's voice. I want to help be your mentor. We have videos, interactive webinars, over five new videos each week. They're going to advance you in your journey and authority. We have so many special opportunities in this platform that you don't want to miss it, including all of our other e-courses coming for free when you subscribe. Come grow with me. Let me train you in your ability to hear from God and interpret what you hear and really bring applications so that your real life is affected by your spiritual faith. Go to bowlsministries.com and sign up under e-courses. Here we go. I'm so excited today on Exploring Industry because I have my friend Jay Owenhouse here. And Jay, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Great to be with you. And even more importantly, how are the Tigers? <laughs> they are doing fantastic. We we finally told our daughters the, the story about um, your tiger who passed away last year. And they were so devastated. But we, we had waited because <laughs> their hearts were so attached. We waited yeah. until more recently and they were just so, because they pray for all four of them all the time. And I was like, finally, like, <laughs> I better tell them that one of the tigers is with Jesus now because sure they don't understand this. But they're so excited about your Vegas show opening, which is opening uh, before Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, we are so excited. The first tigers on the strip since the old ones. Since Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 2003. So that 17 wow. years. Wow, and that was quite a journey. So I want to—I do want to go into that story. But before we get there, a lot of Christians who are listening, we're getting a grid for God in the entertainment industry, and we're talking to entertainers from every kind of industry there is. And you're the first magician we will have talked to on exploring the industry. And, you know, we're only twenty shows deep, but you were on my exploring the prophetic show where you really shared. I mean, the story of your wife. I mean, we cried together, like so many things. So if you're listening to this, please go back and listen to Jay's podcast. It was one of my favorite of the whole year. I actually mentioned it in um, in our final uh, episode of the season, just because it really touched and resonated with so many people and so many of our listeners. So please go back and listen to it. But but we have you here telling maybe some of the story of how you got involved with magic, because I think so many people are like, wait a minute, magicians, Christianity, like, what are you talking about? They may not have a grid for it. Some people can't yeah. separate the illusion world from maybe what they think of in witchcraft or whatever. And I, I don't want to go too deep into that because it should be obvious. But how did you yeah. get involved? You know, it started when I was uh, a young boy. I saw a magician perform at my sister's birthday party when I was four. 
And it just created this like sense of wonder and happiness in me. And, and from an early age, my parents really recognized that I had a, a severe learning disability. I had a severe speech impediment. Um, no one could understand me when I, when I spoke, except for my sister. It was like I was speaking another language. Um, I, I had what later they determined was dyslexia. But back then, they didn't know a lot about that. And so I remember being tested uh, before I went into first. I had to go through kindergarten two years. Um, I didn't pass the first year. Um, and then I, they, they, they gave me like some pretty intense testing. And because they didn't really know a lot about dyslexia, they thought that I was maybe mildly or uh, mentally retarded, um, to use that um, term. Yeah. Yeah. The old term. But uh, so they had actually, the school had actually pushed for me to go into a a home of uh, more of a, a school that was focused on dealing with people that had severe mental, uh, um, disabilities. disabilities yeah and my mom just knew that i wasn't uh impaired the way that they thought wow. so she had been a school teacher and she actually went back and got her master's degree in uh in um dyslexia and what they call um special education and so she was became a real advocate for me to make a long story short i i was able to go to public school um, but she realized that I needed to have some kind of uh, activity that would that would uh, kind of boost my self-image and something that I could focus on that I could actually, you know, succeed at while I was going through these challenges. And so that's kind of where magic came in. She knew I was interested in it. So uh, she would take me to the library and I would, I would start doing a sleight of hand and, and she would kind of read me. I couldn't read, you know, in elementary school. So she would um you know sit there and read to me the books at night and and help yeah and help me um just learn close-up magic and and it it, that's kind of where it all started i mean make a long story short i was able to get um intensive speech therapy and and i had great uh uh special ed teachers and you know by the time by the time i was in you know freshman in high school i mean there was really no visible i guess signs of of having a a learning impairment and it's kind of funny how god works because um i ended up before i became a professional illusionist i actually was in broadcasting where i worked in um radio for several years and that's why you sound like a radio announcer (laughs) you have such a great voice i love how when we have these you know these things that are kind of marks against our destiny so to speak uh, how amazing god is to like use those as monuments in our lives for things that we never could see ourselves doing or that the world wouldn't put us in that category. And yet God had a plan. I mean, how beautiful is your mom's story? Like, I don't think you've ever told me that about your mom or I don't know if I was ever listening with these kinds of ears because what an amazing woman. How crazy. Wow. So you turn this into a career though. Not many people do that. There's a lot of people who are interested in magic, but it's a hard industry. It's not an industry that you can succeed or thrive in very easily. And you, you guys have actually even had one of the top performing shows in modern history. So, so how did this all start as a career? Well, you know, I, I, I was actually, rec- you know, it, it moved fairly fast when I was in high school. Um, I, you know, the, the newspaper, the Contra Costa Times, which I grew up actually in the Bay Area of California. At that time, they had over a million 
subscribers and they happen to do a feature story um on me when i was a freshman in high school and they, wow. they, they, they said jay's available for you know birthday parties and events and they printed my phone number which they'd probably never do today but <laughs> but within one weekend i was literally booked for an entire year doing birthday wow. parties and it kind of gave me a chance to get out there and and kind of learn you know how to entertain and and then by the time i was a senior in uh, in, in high school, uh, as it neared graduation, I actually got recruited for a show at the Las Vegas Hilton. And I worked on that for a year instead of going to college. And and that ended up being canceled before it ever opened. So that was a big disappointment. I just decided at that point, you know, I'll put this uh, dream aside. And I actually went to Montana and got a degree in psychology and got married and was planning on, on going to um, actually a doctorate program in psychology in, in Oregon. And I had just decided, well, I'll just become a, a uh, you know, a clinical psychologist. And then before we moved to Oregon, I, I had an epiphany over that summer. And I thought, you know, I really, I really don't think that I would be happy being a clinical psychologist. And I just thought about what I really loved. What I really loved was working with animals and performing illusions. And and so Susan and I had a long conversation about it, and we decided let's do that. And so I just started doing shopping malls on the weekends, and and slowly built up a show, and started traveling the country. And then fast forward to 2007, we were you know performing in China in front of 8,000 people, wow. and then we went to Japan and and uh, you know toured Japan for seven weeks, and brought an elephant and a tiger, and and it became a huge hit in Japan. And, um, that's, that's kind of how it started, I guess. No, I mean, it's just wild. So kind of take me on the side that was the God journey side, because like, there's a, there's the side of this, as far as just, I mean, we could see where God was in all the way along, but you had a real awakening in the midst of all this. And also Susan, who was with you, was just such a, such a pillar of faith for your whole family. Yeah. And for the listeners, Susan has passed away. And you can hear that story completely on their other podcasts that we did together. But I mean, she just sounds like such a, such a legendary person to me, just the yeah. way that you guys talked. I wish I would have got to meet her, but I have through your story, but kind of talk about the spiritual journey in the midst of all this. Yeah. So when we went, when we went to, uh, overseas in Asia, uh, Susan had developed an autoimmune disease as we previously talked about. And, and when we got back in in the spring of 2008, you know, the, the focus, you know, obviously shifted to just trying to get her better. And, um, you know, we traveled all over the country trying to, uh, you know, trying to find, you know, help to in a very, dil, uh, a very difficult disease, which yeah. is grossing cholangitis. Um, so after, unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't. Uh, we didn't win against that disease. And, and as you know, and we've discussed, you know, she passed away in the spring of 2009. And, and I think that at that point, we had really decided uh, that we just couldn't go on anymore with, with the show because it was such a family mm -hmm. uh, show. And, and we just were kind of numb, you know, for, you know, for a long time. I mean, I, I did, would still do occasional shows and benefit shows just to try to keep, you know, um, food on the table, but my heart wasn't in it. And it was really my kids that, uh, my four kids that, you know, came to me and they said, Hey, you know, we, 
we have this great thing. We should really, you know, um, share our story uh, about adversity and that that you can you can still have faith and that and, and really believe in this kind of fundamental verse that that's always been kind of a a foundational verse for our family, which is Romans eight twenty eight. And we just began to develop really uh, the opportunity in the show to share our story of what it was like to go through huge disappointment. Wow. As believers. And, and we just began to, to starting in 2014, we just started to share our story in our uh, show, which was like a huge risk because these were secular shows. They're not, well, it wasn't like we were doing, you know, churches or Christian events. I mean, it was just um, shows that, you know, people had come to see an illusion show and we just, not proselytizing, but just kind of shared our, our story and just really became kind of authentic in what we were walking through, but not in a way that would, that would be a downer for someone that wanted just, you know, a night of escapism, but, you know, really just kind of like, well, Hey, this is who we are. And this is kind of like, no, you know, and what I can going say, through I, it. cause I, I've been to your show and I've never seen anyone do that well. And as far as trying to incorporate in a very mainstream entertainment show, kind of a gospel message in a way, just sharing your faith. And you guys, it didn't feel like a multi-level marketing moment came up in the show and now you have to, you're trying to sell something. It felt like you were truly sharing the entire journey throughout the whole show, your perspective, your family, sharing, like you'd introduce your kids at different times. You talk about the Tigers as if they're your family because they are. And then you shared this moment of like your wife and just how, how much this meant to you guys and what happened and how God took you through it. And then you even said, and if you guys want to talk to us about that or pray with us after the show, we'd love to pray with you. And we went out after the show and you guys had a, you know, groups of two or three people around each one of you guys just kind of talking to you about people's yeah. journey, whether they were sharing their own journey of pain or whether they were wanting prayer. And you've had a lot of salvations come out of this. That's to me, it's been remarkable to know that this is a part of your journey. Cause I think most people who think of this, like they think you're just, you know, you either have to be completely evangelistic or you have to be completely entertainment. Not many people are doing in between. Yeah. Well, what we didn't realize is that God was really leading us uh, to this type of of show that was just really authentic. And and what he saw, which we didn't really see at the time, was that people were really looking for authentic experiences. And in fact, it's kind of funny because the next year, uh, a uh, you know a secular you know, a uh, newspaper had come to review the show like they often do. And, and she called me the authentic illusionist. And then that kind of stuck. So that <laughs> became, kind of became, became kind of the name of, you know, the Love tagline of the show. Yeah. And so that's just kind of how it developed. And, and like you said, we're, we're not uh, forcing our, you know, our, you know, beliefs or anything down the, the throats of our audiences. We're just sharing, just, you know, hey, this is who we are. This is this is doing life as a family. And and people just started to connect to it. Um, and it's it's been a real blessing. And then, you know, God had planted this dream about doing a show in Las Vegas uh, way back in, in really well going back to high school when I had mentioned that I was recruited for a show there the first yeah. time. And then that that was a, you know, a discouragement that that never happened. But I always kind of had Las Vegas in my heart which I know sounds probably strange to some people, but just really loving the the city um, and just just really having a connection there. And, and then, uh, like we talked about last time, I mean, we connected 
you know, God kind of gave me a vision about doing the show in Las Vegas and that uh, in a tent. And I found out that um, that Denise Goulet had had a similar vision and, and we kind of connected on it and we just felt like God was calling us to, to really, that this was the time to really pursue that, that dream and that, and that's what we began to do. And I think when we first talked about it, we, because we've traveled the world, we figured this would be like a three month process. Like, okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll find the land, we'll find the tent, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, just begin the process and we'll be up in three months, you know, for the six month residency. And little did we know that it would be a long, long, painful journey, but God has been extremely faithful and, and taking us through that journey. Well, and I, I want to say in the midst of that journey, because I've been kind of just one of the guys who's been praying alongside of it just the whole time, believing for the show to land and launch in Vegas. Um, it's really interesting that this year, 2020, in the midst of COVID and everything else, another thing came out that was not helpful, which is the Tiger King documentary. You guys have tigers in your show, and you have now yeah. iconic people and culture, whether it's for good or bad, of uh, the Tiger King and then Carol Baskins and just the other guys. And they don't come across as and with integrity towards their intention with tigers. It yeah. feels like there's a lot of abuse, misuse, um, even just manipulation, lying. And so in the midst of that conversation, and you guys, you know, so passionate about, you know, you have three tigers, so passionate about using them to work and sharing their story with the world. I mean, let's talk about that because when I remember when one of your tigers died and you guys went to see if there was any more if there's another tiger that you can get and you end up getting two and it was total favor yeah. of God's story, like such a God yeah. moment. And so you're not anything like the tiger King, nor is your family anything like Carol Baskin's family. You guys are your own people, but you have such an integrity. And so a lot of times when people see exotic animals now, there's almost like a black mark towards it. And then also because yeah. of secret Siegfried and Roy, what happened to them on the strip, there also yeah. is a, it's like a double hit double whammy and yet and this year where there's all that they open it up for you guys to do a tiger show so tell me about that that that's such a god moment that was a miracle and um but going back you know we've we've had tigers for you know i I got my first tiger over 25 years ago and and it it wasn't with the intent of of really even putting it in our show initially it was just about a love and a passion i've had for tigers since i was just a young boy and uh, there was a tiger that was available that needed a home and that's kind of how we started and then as you know we have this you know private tiger sanctuary um in montana that's just a home for our tigers we don't you know we don't um, solicit funds or or anything like that we fully supported ourselves and it's because we love these animals and yeah and you know there are as you know in the industry i mean there are and in the animal industry too, I mean, there's people that, um, that do it because they love animals and because they're passionate about animals. And there's people that do it because animals are easily exploited. You know, it's not yeah. unlike, it's not like, uh, children too, you know, it's like, there's people that adopt children because they love children and they're passionate about, um, you know, giving a better life, you know, to, to children and then there's people that exploit children yeah and so it's like in any industry there's there's good and there's bad people and and we have this really passionate belief that that animals really reveal god's sovereignty and his creative expression 
And then it's really mm. important for people to be around animals um, because of that. And that, you know, we know that animals bring glory and praise to God and, and that they have a really an acute awareness of spiritual reality that probably some people don't realize. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier today in, in Proverbs, it talks about how um, just when you look at like God's view of animals, how, you know, he says that even the animal of an enemy was to be treated kindly. Mm. And, and I think that there's, there's kind of a movement out there to kind of separate people from animals. Um, and I think that we not only have a responsibility, you know, uh, to take care and, uh, of animals and to, and to really, you know, really kind of steward that responsibility. But, um, also I think it's important that we, you know, that we share animals with people so that they can really see, you know, God's glory. And that's kind of always been our intent in the show is, so is cool. these animals are, because they're part of our family, they're part of the show. We've never forced one of our animals to work. If they don't want to work, they don't have to. It's all, it's all based off love and affection. You know, we don't use one of the misnomers out there, I think, is when you're dealing with uh, like a predatory animal, like a carnivore, like a tiger, is people think, well, the only way you can shape the behavior of a tiger is you would have to, you would have to do with force. You'd have to yeah. like intimidate yeah. it. You'd have to say, you know, you go from Mark A to Mark B. And if you don't, you know, I'm going to punish you. But what people don't understand is that um, if you were to, if you were to try to, to, to create fear or the threat of punishment in a carnivore, um, a predatory animal, that the way they're going to respond to fear is they're going to lash out and they're going to use their predatory instincts to try to kill you, which is like, you know, if you look at why animals kill, it's only because of food or fear. And so the thing is, is we never use uh, coerce our animals to do anything. The relationship is all based out of love. It's all based out of trust. Um, they perform in the show because they want to, because they're rewarded for it, because of our relationship with us, because they trust us. And if we ever tried to coerce them to do anything, it would totally damage and destroy the relationship. And so that's what we share with our audiences. And I think, I think it's been a very positive experience because people see these animals uh, in a human environment and um, it's just, it's just an amazing experience. That is so awesome. And what a perspective, because I feel like a lot of people who are listening, you're right. They just said they've, they've only been told a few narratives and you're presenting a kingdom narrative, which is, you know, originally in the garden, we would have been with all the animals. It would have been, there would have been a unity and a divine connection to everything God created was supposed to speak of our enjoyment and our connection to him and to the world around us. And so I think yeah, we just don't think that way. Like we don't think the redemptive side of this is that we're going to be and a lot of people don't think there's animals in heaven, which I know biblically there's several animals in heaven that's that are listed. I think over 14 animals in heaven. Plus, yeah. there's never a time that God said he created anything to be destroyed. He created everything to have to be yeah. with him always. And so the things that are destroyed are the things that are flesh or satanic. And so I think a lot of people don't understand those themes. And so they just put it in the category of this is going to pass away. So that means animals aren't really that important versus actually animals carry to us part of God because they're part of what he created. Yeah. They came out of his creative spirit. And so I really love this because, you know, there's so many layers of your story that ha has God all over it, which is really exciting. What is it like 
performing with tigers, doing a magic show, you know, feeling like this is your God-given position. This is what God created you for before time began. He thought of the Owen House family and he thought of like illusionists. What, what is your, you know, what does that feel like when you're there? We, we love our animals so much that we just, we're like proud parents. We love to, to just to share them with people. And, and, you know, this uh, last two weeks, we've been in rehearsals uh, for the Las Vegas show. And it's funny because, because of COVID, um, our tigers actually, you know, haven't worked as we haven't really worked um, in that sense, you know, performing since, uh, you know, for 10 months now. And, wow. And so we were kind of concerned, like, you know, because it's, it's been a lot of effort every day to kind of keep, even though they have a, you know, beautiful place they live in. They're so um, relational uh, when they're in a human environment and they're raised in that environment. They become so relational that we have to spend tons of time with them, which we love, you know, to, <laughs> to just keep them, just to keep them happy and excited. And they want to be with us all the time. And, yeah, and I love so, the videos you guys do on YouTube, by the way, follow yeah. this family on YouTube. It's so much fun. Keep going. Yeah. So we, we, we were kind of concerned at first because they kind of forgot how to do the show because it's been so long. <laughs> So we had to kind of take them in baby steps and it's just, I just wish people, well, I guess if you have, uh, uh, pets, you kind of catch this, but you know, they love the music in the show. They, um, you know, they, they, they begin to like hear the music for their illusion. They get all excited and they, wow. you know, when they, when they do well, they're like, they, they're just like, they just get like hyper and they get super excited. And it's just so fun to, 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 to just, to just have them uh, with us. We just love it. And, you know, one thing I'll say is sometimes like you had alluded to earlier that, that people can think, you know, as a believer, people can think, you know, well, you know, they can look at our show and they can see these amazing things that we do. And, and then it's kind of confusing, like, well, are they doing something, you know, supernatural? Is this, uh, you know, is this somehow related to the dark arts? And I mean, I know, you know, this, but I'll just say this for anyone in the audience that might, uh, be wondering about that is the way I, we kind of look explain it is this it's like if you go and uh watch a star wars movie you know you'll you know you'll kind of suspend your disbelief and you'll see things that are that you don't know how they're done like you know how is the spaceship look like it's flying through space totally. you know yet i know that it can't be flying through space i just don't know how they make it look that way uh, and really we just employ those same techniques uh, for live entertainment, you know, that's kind of where the movie industry special effects really came from. If you go back, you know, far enough is that those special effects were actually created for the stage. And then they were really adapted and, and really um, modified, you know, for telling stories with film. And so what we've done is we've really taken those early techniques that were used and we've brought them forward so that now that they're relevant, uh, on the stage. So they're just, they're the same techniques that are used in storytelling with movies, but they're made for the stage. And that's really how we create these illusions. There's obviously nothing, you know, supernatural uh, about our performances in that regard. It's just techniques that are used, you know, with lighting and other things to kind of create this story. And one of the things we love about the art of illusion is that it, it really is such a great metaphor for creating a sense of wonder uh, in people. You know, we're all born with that kind of sense of wonder. And then, 
as we get older, we get a little more cynical and we kind of lose that. And yeah. so we use this show as, as really a metaphor to try to get people back in that state of, of wonder and realizing that anything is possible. Oh, I love that. Okay, we're going to do just one final thing, which is a power round of introduce us to the three tigers. And then I have some questions about those tigers. <laughs> okay. Tell, um, us their, tell us their names and a little okay. bit about what, so, what kind of species they are. Okay, well, uh, Shekinah is our oldest tiger. It was her twin sister that you had mentioned that passed away, Sheena. Um, and Shekinah is, is a royal white tiger. So she's a white tiger with black stripes. She's absolutely beautiful. Um, we call her our miracle tiger because she's the one that, that her sister pushed her off the waterfall and she broke yeah. her femur. And everybody said we'd have to put her down. And we're like, no, we're not doing that. And make a long story short, we found uh, the top veterinary surgeon in the country and brought in the top human orthopedic surgeon. They were able to repair her femur through uh, two surgeries, so something good. that's never been done before on a tiger. And she is back to 100%. She has no pain. Yes. She has no limit, limit, limit. Uh, she has no limitations in her movement. And so she's like our princess. She's so sweet. And there's only 300 um, uh, royal white tigers in the world. And she's wow. one of them. Wow. Then the two, there are two newest tigers, which we call our babies, which you had uh, actually prophesied to me after I lost Sheena that God was going to give us double for our trouble. And that didn't really make sense at the time, but that's exactly what he did. We had the opportunity to adopt uh, two um, tigers. Um, one is, uh, a, the, these are all female, by the way, but Sela is a standard orange tiger, what you'd expect a tiger to look like. Um, she just turned two in September. Oh. She is she is just so much fun. She, she's so relational. She loves people. Um, and she's a big girl. She's, um, she's almost... For, uh, 350 pounds right now and she's only two years old um so we're thinking she's probably going to be 550 plus when she's done growing and then there uh, as far as the the standard orange tigers there's only 3,000 between 3,000 3,500 uh orange tigers left that in the wild. wild yeah and um and then shoshana is our uh our other new tiger that we got the same time as Sela. She's going to be three in May. She is a Snow White. She uh, is one of only 30 Snow Whites in the world, which basically oh she kind of looks like a lion. She just doesn't have stripes. She's white, um, pure white. A lot of people feel like maybe that was the first tiger that um, back in the Himalaya mountains, but um, she, we love her. She's so much fun. She's She's like over 400 pounds and we call her the, the, the big horse. Um, she's just, <laughs> she's so big, but she's so, so much fun. She just, she just, she's the one that loves to be, um, petted nonstop. She like just wants to sit in your lap. And, um, so I could talk all day about them. No, you're, that's, you're that's, answering so many questions. I have a quick, <laughs> quick question around where you just say their names as far as, um, who has the most of this or that. And the first one is who eats the most? Shoshana. <laughs> Being that big. Who is the most emotional? Uh, um, I would, uh, let's see, I would say um, Shekinah. <laughs> who, is the, who is the biggest glory hound like in the shows? Definitely Shekinah. She, <laughs> when, she comes, <laughs> when she comes on stage, 
we she she doesn't want to leave she just wants to sit there and she loves it when people like clap and it's 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 so cute but it's also kind of awkward because she'll just sit there forever (laughs) she's like thank you worship me (laughs) (laughs) and uh who likes to play the most uh sayla Sayla who's the cuddliest um uh shoshana and then who is the easiest to work with um, I, you know, we were just talking about this yesterday. I think that for me, it's, it's Shekinah because, you know, uh, when she had had her surgery, I basically was with her on bed rest for 12 weeks, almost 24 Ooh. hours a day. Wow. So we, we were together. We just have this like incredible bond. And so I would say her, I think that, you know, my, my girls have been very involved in the training and my son, Peter. Um, so they um they have their own opinions they all kind of like sayla i think juliana and peter i think are really attached to sayla and i think uh christina really loves shoshana oh i love that too how your family has different relationships just like we would with our animals well i'm so excited for the show in vegas and for everything you guys are doing and i know people can find you on youtube under j owen house but also your website is j is there any other things you want to point us towards just so we don't miss either visiting the show or, or getting to know your family through video. Yeah. Well, we're on, you know, Instagram too, just J one house and, and, um, Twitter at, at, um, J one house and, and yeah, on our website, we just, uh, our tickets will be on sale soon for Las Vegas. So we hope that people come out and, and see us. And if they do to, to, um, you know, I'm always out front after the show. So we'd love to, to, we'd love to meet people and, and get a chance to, to know people. Well, Shreena and the girls are going to come see you guys. And thanks so much for being on the podcast today. And I just can't wait for people to get a hold of just being entertained by what you bring to the table. And just thanks for being an example. Oh, it was great to be with you, Sean. Welcome to the Exploring Series podcast with me, Sean Bowles. We're now up to three episodes a week with three different themes. Join me every Monday for Exploring the Industry, where we have powerful conversations with Christians and entertainment industries around the world who have stories about how their faith is impacting their career in the world around them. Join us Wednesdays in one of the most listened to podcasts in Christianity, Exploring the Prophetic, where I get to interview people from every walk of life about how hearing from God has changed their world and the world around them. Then come download every Friday's edition where we're exploring the marketplace with my co-host, Bob Hassan, where we have powerful interviews and we answer questions from listeners like you who have careers in the marketplace. Come take a seat in our conversation and ask your questions and subscribe to the Exploring Series where we go on one journey together to see what it looks like to have a living relationship with Jesus in every kind of life imaginable. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Industry. We're believing that God's going to change the world through the entertainment industry. And we want to invite you into the conversation. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell to this podcast. Also visit us at bowlsministries.com where you're going to find tons of resources to help you on your spiritual journey.